umgoblue.com by fans for fans since 1999 hello welcome to this edition of the umgoblue.com podcast this is phil callahan along with clint derringer and we're going to talk about michigan's last game versus indiana and of course preview the game versus ohio state well clint how did the SP Plus do in uh, predicting the Michigan-Indiana game? Well, I, I think they gave uh, – they didn't quite give Michigan's defense and Michigan's offense uh, quite enough credit for how well um, they've been playing since uh, kind of turning around midseason. You know, I, I think the media narrative kind of points at a uh, halftime of Penn State, and, and I certainly understand that, but – um, we've mentioned it before. I really think that um, you would trace it back a week earlier to uh, stopping the bleeding uh, in the Illinois game on the road uh, when Michigan had given up 25 straight points and it was a 28-25 game. And uh, the defense stepped up, started making some big plays, uh, created a turnover deep in the Illinois end, and then uh, – started scoring uh, a little bit more, got back to the run game, and then uh, you know pushed the ball down the field in the passing game. So I really think that was a big turnaround. Um, and then the slow start at Penn State, and they kind of had to tap into that same kind of bounce-back energy at Penn State. And uh, the whole season from that point on has been, you know, almost a, what we really expected to see early on. It just, just took a few weeks longer to click than we had hoped and uh in the long run that's going to end up costing michigan a chance at a big 10 title game berth but um on the flip side of that because the uh, turnaround took a little bit longer than than usual i think uh this is the first time at least in the harbaugh era that it really feels like michigan is peaking in november and uh that that very well may have been michigan's best performance on the road at least in the last two years since I've been charting the games and, and crunching the numbers. Um, I know last year the only road game that Michigan outperformed the SP Plus uh, projection was at Michigan State. And this year, in 2019, Michigan has outperformed the SP Plus the last eight games in a row since Wisconsin. So um, – then that includes four away games, uh, Illinois, Penn State, Maryland, and uh, Indiana. So a lot, a lot of positive going, and uh, that's great. They're going to need uh, they're going to need every every bullet in the chamber for uh, for what they've got on the horizon here. So the interesting thing for me in the Indiana game, you know, I went down, uh, attended the game, first time I've been to uh, that stadium. And one of the reasons I went is I wanted to see how Michigan handled adversity being on the road. There was some extra adversity of the weather, which was which was quite interesting. Um, you know, rain, sleet, snow, pretty much the whole smorgasbord of, of, of bad conditions. And how they handled the victory. And again, you know, they handled Indiana it's interesting, you know, they were actually down 14-7 at one point, and then they just they just put a beating on. But what was interesting to me is, uh, first and foremost, uh, one of the problems that the offense was having earlier in the season was turnovers. 
well, we have seen that ratcheted down. There was one, uh, you know, careless interception, but really it, it played no part in the game. Uh, you know, the game was well decided at that point. What's interesting to me is that I can't emphasize how bad the conditions were. And Michigan just shook it off. And they went on the road. Um, it, it, it had all the markings of a trap game, you know, coming after Michigan State, looking ahead to Ohio State. They came out and just got it done. You know, I said before the game what I wanted to see was Michigan score a touchdown every quarter and only allow Indiana three to seven points. Well, I can live with how it turned out. Um, the game really never felt in doubt, even when Michigan was down early. And I think the most telling thing was that Indiana pretty much bled most of the fourth quarter and really didn't play with, with any urgency for for most of the fourth quarter. It really looked like they just wanted to get the heck out of Dodge. Um, and so, so for me, it was how the team came and, and played on the road. We've definitely seen... You know, we've talked about this, uh, and I think it's something that has vexed Michigan. They, in, in past years, they've been a different team on the road and different in a bad way. So here they came out, they got the job done, and they're, it's hard for me to explain exactly why I feel so different about this team right now. There is a, a confidence, an expectation. I don't think there's a player on the roster – who is surprised that um, they have won every game since Penn State. They didn't let that game get them down. As you mentioned, they really came back, you know, against Illinois, where, you know, it looked, oh, here's the same old Michigan team having trouble on the road, and they they snapped back and and took control of the game. And we've talked about it. You know, looking back, Illinois is a much better team than we thought at that time, right? They've definitely put some things together. So – when I look at the Indiana game, it was exactly what it should have been, what we wanted it to be. We got out of the game without any without any significant injuries, and they flung the ball around in bad conditions, and and just just took care of business. And I think that's the that's my overriding thought of how I leave uh, how I left Indiana driving home was, you know, that was exactly what I wanted. The team acted exactly the way I what I wanted to see. The confidence. Um, not getting too excited, but definitely taking care of business so that they could clear the clear the table and, and now focus exclusively on the Buckeyes. Yeah, I think it, it's very, very encouraging to see a solid, dominant performance on the road. Um, and Indiana, not only is it Indiana that has given Michigan fits in the last decade, including two overtime games the last time they went to Bloomington, but um, really a good team this season. You know, they are, they're now seven, four and 22nd in SP plus after the Michigan game, they were uh, 20th going into the game. So um, that Indiana team is, uh, is really performing well this year. And uh, Michigan, that was their best performance against Indiana in the Harbaugh era. I mean, it really shows, um, how the floor for the program um, has been raised. And now um, we're kind of turning our focus to to trying to raise the ceiling and, and get over the top and show that, um, you, you know, you're on the same level 
the same uh, level of competition or the same tier as, uh, you know, our, our greatest rival in Columbus. So um, lots to be, lots to be proud of, lots to celebrate. Um, I know uh, Harbaugh's quote was that he uh, maybe celebrated that game for, for about six hours or maybe a little less said he enjoyed the flight home. And after that is right back to work. And, and that's the way that it should be because this is a, this is the next big step for, for the program is to beat Ohio state. We all kind of assumed that that step would then lead to the big 10 title discussion, or at least the big 10 title game. But um, without, without the big 10 title implications still, still um, a gigantic step forward if uh, Michigan can find a way to beat the Buckeyes this year, especially. So what does the SP plus say as far as the matchup goes between uh, Michigan and Ohio state? Uh, For this game, uh, the SP plus said it's go 11 point uh, favor for Ohio state. Uh, the actual numbers that it spit out were Ohio State 30 and Michigan 19. Um, I think uh, right now for the unit rankings, Ohio State is number one defensively and fifth uh, offensively. So for the second week in a row, there's a, a matchup that is um, two units facing each other at the same SP plus rank. Last week, Michigan's offense was 34th and Indiana's defense was 34th. Michigan put up 39 points on the road. This week, uh, Ohio State's offense is fifth and Michigan's defense is fifth. And uh, we will see um, what Don Brown has learned from uh, a really good game plan that couldn't quite get finished off in 2017. And then an absolute... uh, you know, Ryan Day absolutely ran circles around um, the defensive staff in the 2018 game. It was, we've heard a couple times, um, different media members and even uh, some some people within the program saying that it seemed like Ryan Day was in the defensive huddle. So every adjustment seemed like you were playing right into the hands of the Buckeyes last year. So um, 365 days of preparation for fixing that problem. Um with Don Brown. So I'm, I'm excited to see how that turns out. Clint, I will be the first to admit that I had serious doubts a few games into this season. And, you know, I, I uh, have gone back and I, I have watched a ton of Ohio state. Ohio state is a machine, but this is one time that I really need to pick against what the advanced analytics are telling us. I've gone back and I I reviewed um, all of the statements and re-listened to the interviews. And it's, there's one theme that I've sensed from the Michigan team. um, And it really started right after the the game in Columbus, right in the post game last year. They, uh, you know, coach Harbaugh was upset you know, it's interesting because he com- he compares himself to Burnt Wood. He'll say, you know, I don't get too up, I don't get too down. He was extremely disappointed last year. The team was extremely, the players were extremely disappointed. To the point where, you know, we always say, 
you know, you and I on the podcast, it's not, it's not that you lose, it's how you lose. And I really don't think that anyone in their heart on, on you know, the, the team last year thought that they, there was any possibility of them losing 62 to 39. And that domination, I really think, you know, really shook them to the core. And you can hear the players talking about it in the spring. You can hear the players talking about it. I mean, even when they talked about Greg Madison leaving, it was, uh, uh, you can, you can, there's a sense of betrayal of, hey, listen, we took this beating and you're supposed to be helping us fix this, not defecting to the other side. So there really seems to be a, a thread of the team taking this personally. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, just a little bit ago, I was seriously concerned about where we were a couple games into the season. And, you know, you pointed it out. You said, listen, you know, calm down. Uh, look at what they're doing. They are making adjustments to compete against Ohio State. And, I, you know, obviously it was a little rough. And, you know, I, I will say, I, I, you know, I always hope for the team to do well, but I didn't know what, where it was going to go. I didn't know which way it was going to go. And what we have seen is we have seen a team go to Penn State, um, be down 21 to nothing at half, uh, be down, get you know, have some bad calls, have things not go their way, and still on the road against a very good team, uh, be right on the, the doorstep of, of going to over of hopefully scoring a touchdown going to overtime. And what was interesting about that game is, is it didn't get them down. They were upset, but it. But I still think they believed. And um, it's interesting because talking to people around the team, one of the things that I kept hearing was, you know what, no matter what happens, they could believe in this team because their heart was in it, that they were, they they expected fully to win every game from here out. And again, disappointed what happened at Penn State, but not shook knew that the the adjustments they they had made were about to bear fruit. And you know, we I think I, I kind of looked at Harbaugh, you know, when he said, hey, you know, people said, you know, the media said, how do you know things are are coming together? And he goes, well, I can see it. You know, I know we're this far, you know, just this just this far away. And and I kind of looked at mm-hmm. him I'm like, are you crazy? What we see on the field yeah. looks like you're a million miles away. Yeah, lots of evidence, he said. Yeah, yeah. You just, I, you know, you looked at him and you wondered if it was one of those times where, you know, he was using his reality distortion field. You know, he's using his his Jedi mind trick. You know, these aren't the droids you're looking for, right? Well, what have we seen? Notre Dame, Maryland, Michigan State, Indiana. We have seen the team pull together. And, you know, one of the things that you and I have talked about over the last couple of seasons is, the team seemed to tail off at the end of the year, right? You know, they got thumped by Ohio State and thumped in the bowl game, you know, two straight years. This is the first year that it really feels like the, there's a crescendo, a building storm of everybody on the team playing their best football, um, you know, a, a good balance between offense and defense. And I got to tell you, I feel the most confident about heading into this game as I have in 10 years, 15 years. Um, the first four years of Harbaugh, 
you know, again, I hope they, I, I would go and hope they were going to win, and I always believe they will win or can win, but I never really felt it. I feel it this year. Yeah, I, I think that uh, that makes total sense to me. Um, you know, they've shown this in the past, this this crescendo, but I think it kind of happened um, usually early in the Big Ten season. Usually, they they find some problems and fix them in the non-conference schedule and then really start to roll through October like that, the three game gauntlet from 2018, you know, the, the, the kickoff of the quote unquote revenge tour, you know, those were fun games. Those were fun games to be at. Those were fun games to watch that team. Um, They were playing with a lot of confidence and playing fast and, and really dominating those games. But, um, you're, you're right when you say that, you know, they kind of were on the other side of the crest and were coming downhill in November. And I pointed out, I think a couple weeks ago in, in one of my previews that um, defensively, even the Rutgers game last year had some real concern. And that, that was another away game where Michigan did not, um, did not meet the SP plus projection in Piscataway. Um, I mean, they, they won by multiple scores and uh, comfortable, you know, blowout win. But when you look at the defensive metrics, they had given up like 4.8 yards per play to Rutgers, and, uh, including a long, uh, a long touchdown run um, that was cause for concern. So this year is not that, you know, the, the defense is, is coming into the game and kind of taking uh, the opponent's offense's uh, best shot and making uh, some big adjustments and then some final adjustments, um, like in the Indiana game. And then after that, it you know, they, they've been lights out um, and and they know it, right? I mean, it, you can tell that they, they are playing as if they expect um, to be dominant. And, and that's a, that's a really good feeling, so. Um, it, I, I, I think I feel the same way this year going into this game as I felt last year going into this game. Um, Ohio State's certainly a better team this year than they were last year, uh, both eyeball test and analytics. But um, this year being uh, in the big house in Ann Arbor and Ohio State not really having been tested on the road at all, and having seen some of the bumps in the road um, that Ohio State had last week in the Penn State game, statistically they dominated that game. But you know they were fumbling the ball. They were allowing you know I think 5.3 yards per carry to the uh, backup quarterback um, from Penn State. So they 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 looked mortal for sure. They were not the uh, they were not the Death Star. Um, I, I made one joke with, with a friend of mine that it was like uh, Rocky Four when 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 Rocky cuts the Russian and he comes back to the corner. You know, look, he's a man. He bleeds. You know, that's that's what it is. Michigan should expect to win this game. Um, there are lots of advantages that Ohio State has, talent advantages, and and, and other um, you know other things that that have worked out in their favor, but. This game is typically close, even when the gap between the two programs was much wider than it is right now. I mean, that 17 game 
felt like they should have won. Um, if the offense could have just kept uh, kept moving the chains a little bit and give the defense a break. And I, I think you, you probably remember from our, our preview podcast this season that I, I, I think this season's going to be a lot like the, the 2017 feel. I think Michigan's going to come out and get off to a good start. And it's going to be about whether they can step up and make the big plays in the big moments and continue to uh, keep uh, keep Ohio State guessing on both sides of the ball and and, and finally get the, the big um, kill shot, big play when they need it. Um, likely, uh, you know, towards the end of the third quarter or the uh, start of the fourth quarter. So I, uh, I, I felt pretty confident in this team all season. Um, the only game so far that I've picked incorrectly was I, I expected Michigan to beat Penn State on the road, and, and they didn't make the plays when they need to. Everything else has happened about as I expected, and I expect them to win this game too. They just got to make the plays in the big moments. So people have been asking me why I am so – confident on this game so the last month or so I have been watching really closely what Michigan's been doing on offense and defense and as good as the offense has looked I believe that they are leaving things on the table there are options that they have not used there are plays that they have not run so what's interesting to me is that normally and I'd say historically it was always, oh, Michigan's holding something out for Ohio State. And, and most of the time there really wasn't anything to hold out, okay? We had seen everything we were going to see. I really feel this year that the offense has another gear that we're going to see against Ohio State. Um, the thing that I think is really going to be pivotal is, you know, last week we saw really uh, how – deep Michigan is at wide receiver and how the ball was distributed all over the field. I really think the tight ends are going to play a big part in this game. When I'm watching the Ohio state uh, defense, I, I, you know, I see things that the Michigan offense can do. You know, it's one of those games where you always, you know, you, you do the fantasy football where if you were calling plays, what would you do? And I would relish calling plays against the Ohio State defense. And listen, it's not that they're not good. They're very good. Ohio State is a machine. But like you said, they're just a man using the Rocky Four analogy. And I look at what the offense is able to do right now, the confidence that the players have. Um, Shea Patterson really coming into his own. And, you know, to touch on that, we've talked about this er earlier in the year. I believe that uh, he was dinged up for the first three or four games um, he now looks completely healthy. And you made a really great point. The team is playing very fast, Clint. Both On both sides of the ball, they know what they're supposed to be doing and they're just executing. And and they just, you know, I, I, I watched some of the games, the first couple games of the year, and I had to go map the plays. They don't even look like the same plays. And they are. When you map it out and, and diagram the play, it's the same play, but it looks so much better. Um, the team is peaking at the time, um, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, I, I watch Ohio State and man, Chase Young is just a beast. 
Okay. Um, you know, and, and you know, to, to be the best, you've got to beat the best. All of Michigan's goals aren't obtainable this year. They're not going to win a Big Ten championship. They're not going to go to the college football playoffs. Um, you know, unless lightning strikes 50 times uh, in, in, in huge number of games. But they can beat Ohio State. They can check that box and really use it as a springboard to get the program where it needs to be. As you said, uh, we both hoped that it would have happened sooner. I'm disappointed that, you know, uh, we're in year five talking about, still talking about beating Ohio State. But I genuinely feel good about this game. I, I, I am ex- so excited about this game. Rather than having a sense of dread, which I really did last year, despite what everybody was saying, um, you know, one of the advantages we have is, you know, we get to see the players up close, we get to talk to them, we get to see their body language, and I genuinely feel that they have been pointed towards this game, and they've even alluded to it and mentioned it uh, in, in the media opportunities this week. I think they want this game. I think they will have this game. I, I feel genuinely giddy about about the kickoff on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, that's um, I I'm glad that it's not just me. You know, I, uh, <laughs> I've I've like I said, I, I felt a lot pretty similarly the entire season. This season did not go much differently than I thought. Um, we just needed a couple things to click earlier. Um, so I, I, I'm still, I still have the same expectation going into this game. Now you mentioned, you mentioned the tight ends being big and, and you mentioned, uh, obviously a very, very key player for Ohio state being Chase Young, um, their defensive end who may be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. He, he, you know, probably he most likely will be the first non quarterback taken, whether there's a a team that needs a quarterback that ends up at the top of the draft. There was a lot of talk about him being in the Heisman uh, conversation before he had his two game suspension and still is getting some mention as he might be in New York as a defensive player. So he's real. he's obviously somebody that they're going to have to identify where he is every single snap uh, when Michigan's on offense and Ohio state's on defense. And the reason I think the tight ends that you mentioned are going to be so critical is because Michigan's base run plays um, come out of uh, a, a two tight end set um, where they've got the tight end that's up on the line of scrimmage and also the tight end that's back like a, a wing or, or an H back and their two base runs. One goes to that strong side where the two tight ends are the pin and pull concept and then the other concept is the split zone run where that wing back or H back tight end goes across the formation and blocks. So out of that formation, they have a, a, a base strong side run and a base weak side run. And I think um, what I expect is that Michigan will have a lot of two tight end sets and will have a call, uh, a, a potential audible to, run away from from where chase young is um because they have a a a base play that goes either direction out of that same formation and the other play the third play that kind of comes in that series 
is when they fake the split zone and the quarterback keeps it. And in that situation, Chase Young may be the unblocked end. So they may they may want to see how he reacts on some of those early base runs and attack him, uh, all with the uh, the idea of making him make decisions and hopefully making him think instead of react um, may be another way that they can try to neutralize him. But there, there are ways for Michigan to, to all but guarantee that they are running away from Chase Young if that's what they choose to do. Um, on the flip side, when Michigan's on defense and Ohio State's on offense, I, I still think it's going to boil down to uh, stopping their their running game and especially J.K. Dobbins. Um, he I think he's averaging 157 yards a game right now, and uh, to me the key number is 125. If they can keep him at or below 125 yards rush, rushing, and they can um, bottle him up so that no explosive runs of 20 or 30 plus yards, then I think you'll see Ohio state in some, some longer passing downs. And that is where, if there has been any weakness at all this year uh, from the Buckeyes, it's putting Justin Fields in a position where he has to read a defense and, and try to move the chains. He's been much more effective when Ohio State's running the ball effectively and Justin Fields is taking the top off of the defense and throwing it deep. So um, I, I have a lot of confidence in the defensive staff being ready to, uh, to counteract a lot of what we saw in this game last year. I've got a lot of confidence in Ed Warner and Josh Gaddis and Jim Harbaugh to put together an offensive game plan that will kind of, it's probably going to feel like a uh, kind of feeling each other out early in the game. The key to me will be success in the second quarter. Ohio State has been absolutely dominant in the second quarter. I would expect this is close at the end of the first quarter, whether it's 7-7 or 0-0 or 7-3, something within a score. It's going to be who's first round of adjustments are most successful in the second quarter. And uh, I think you and I going into halftime will have a pretty good feeling of um, who got the upper hand pretty clearly in that second quarter. Well, I agree. The interesting thing for me is how Ohio state is going to stack chase young. Um, I think he poses the biggest problems for Michigan when he's in the middle of the, uh, uh, you know, the middle of the defense, when he's attacking the interior line, I like him, or I like what Michigan can do when he's kind of on the outside as as a true defensive end. So I'm I'm interested to see how exactly they, um, how Ohio State attacks it, and how Michigan basically defends against it. Um, so, uh, so again, that's the thing. I mean, much respect for him. He is a monster player. There's no doubt. And I, I would expect that Don Brown has some interesting things dialed up for him. And I, and I'm really interested to see what they're going to do. 
Um, so again, I, I, I see the game like this, Clint. I think that uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ohio State uh, go up early. Um, the Michigan defense has shown a propensity to to not be a little soft, but maybe not quite as dialed in. I think the difference is going to be that they will stop them in that pivotal second quarter. I think Ohio State will be surprised that they're not going to run away with it, and it's going to be a, a, a slugging match. It's going to be a fight. I look for Michigan to pull away with a late touchdown. I've gone on the record 31-17 Michigan. It may sound crazy, but I think that uh, the team is peaking. I think Ohio State is running into a buzzsaw right now. Yeah, there's there's a lot of historical significance to this year. I know you know that very well. This is the fiftieth uh, anniversary of the nineteen sixty nine um, victory for Michigan. They won twenty four to twelve in Bo Schembechler's first year. Um, there's a lot of parallels with that uh, that game in that season. Um, that Michigan team was not playing for the the Big Ten title. You know, they, they had played poorly earlier in the season and lost to Michigan State. Um, but the year before, they had given up 50 to Woody Hayes' uh, Buckeyes. And, uh, of course, in the 1968 game, uh, Woody Hayes was asked why he went for a two-point conversion on his last touchdown when he had 50 points. And his answer, uh, famously, was because he couldn't go for three. <laughs> so... If you change 50 to 62 and come back to Ann Arbor, I, I really wanted to predict 24 to 12 for this game. And uh, I just, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't see it being that low scoring with, with the way, um, the way that both teams have been playing through October and November and putting up points. I, I, I just couldn't see uh, Ohio state only being held to 12 points, but um, that's where I wanted to start, but I, I ended up uh, I ended up at thirty to twenty seven. I, I think you and I, you said thirty one, and I said thirty. I think Michigan hasn't scored um, less than thirty points since uh, since they were in Happy Valley in week eight six weeks ago. So uh, I agree. I think the first team to thirty wins, and um, there will be a major advantage for the team that plays better in the second quarter. And there will be a monster play near the end of the third or maybe at the beginning of the fourth quarter that um, it'll start to feel like that that's who's going to win the game. And, and I'm looking forward to see which, uh, which of the Michigan Wolverines steps up to make that big play in the critical moment and uh, kind of cements their legacy as a, a hero in this, in this rivalry game. Well, we'll definitely have a lot to talk about. Again, looking forward to it. Can't wait. Going to be uh, a great day to be a Michigan Wolverine. Another thing to consider is that the weather is supposed to be horrendous. So uh, it will be the game, the rivalry, Michigan versus Ohio State, played out in the elements the way God intended it. Uh, toe will meet leather at noon, which is another thing that I love old school. And uh, we'll have a lot to talk about next week. So yeah. that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Clint Derringer. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for 
umgoblue.com on iTunes. Go Blue!